Hi, welcome to Live on KEXP at Home. I'm your host, DJ Morgan, from listener-powered independent 90.3 FM KEXP in Seattle, where we stream worldwide at kexp.org and on our mobile apps. And we're so happy to continue to connect you with live music, even while we remain socially distant and working from home as much as possible. And all of this is made possible with your support. So thank you so much for supporting KEXP. And we are so happy to be joined today by Squid. Welcome. Hi, you guys. Hey. Hey. Thanks for having hey. us. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice to to hang with you today. Thanks so much for making this time. Um, I'll just go around the room and see where you're all at. Lori, where are you? I'm in Easton, Bristol. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today. Anton and Arthur are together. Where are you guys? We're in um, my place in Wiltshire. Uh, we've had a day in the studio today and... Arthur normally lives in London, but uh, he's come to stay with me, which is a great pleasure. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm in the guest bedroom. <laughs> That's a good Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Roommates for the day. Yeah. Louis, how are you doing? Where are you? I'm good. I'm just up the road from Laurie. I was wondering earlier if I could actually maybe see his house from my window, but there's definitely a view of Easton down the road. So yeah, we're not far from each other. Cool. <laughs> Ollie, how are you doing? Where are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm just down the road from Louis. Um, I can't see his house, but I can see some nice trees, so that's always good. That's nice. You're all just down the road from each other. Do you guys meet up a lot since you're so close? Yeah, all, yeah, all we the do. time. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> too, too much, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it's nice to have people so close by that you can hang out with, especially during the pandemic. Um, huge congrats on your debut record, Bright Green Field, just came out in May. It's really, truly an amazing record. It's been getting just across the board great reviews. Um, how does it feel to have it out in the world? Ollie, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, it feels incredible. It was very, um, it was uh, very strange, kind of getting the the recognition that that it got. Um, yeah, it just feels really nice to have an album out, and um, I think we're all super happy with it. And we're still super happy with it, even a year after recording it, which is, um, I think, quite rare for us. We tend to to move on quite quickly, but this one's stuck, which is really nice. That's awesome. Louis, how's it feel for you? Yeah, really nice. Um, I think we were looking forward to it being out for quite a while. We'd been sitting with it for a little while as well. So now that it's out, um, we're kind of uh, working on some new stuff as well. So it's funny having it as a reference for everything we're doing moving forward. Oh, yeah, I bet that's interesting. Anton and Arthur, how's it been for you? And you said you're recording today. Is, is that part of the new recording? Yeah, so we're... It's, we're just trying to press on with getting as much new stuff down as possible at the moment. And um, yeah, it, it's been really nice having this body of work that's Bright Greenfield out there and people connecting with it how they have because, you know, we felt like we made a bit of a leap with that and now feel like we can do anything really, you know, go make some new stuff that's far removed from that and yeah, feel great with it, yeah. Cool. Any anything to add, Anton? Uh, not really. We're just all really, really happy with how things have gone, and uh, but we're not kind of resting on it. We're just we kind of keep pressing on with 
trying to do new interesting things all the time and that's what we've been hopefully trying to do today uh we've had a really nice really nice day together um doing a bit of writing and recording so um yeah we're happy that's so great to hear <laughs> Lori. how's it felt for you yeah really good um did our first festival a couple of weeks ago and it was nice to see lots of like young people singing along i think um usually it feels like uh we have kind of quite an older crowd that come to our gigs so i was quite surprised to see a lot, that a lot of young people knew the words and that was really nice awesome that's great yeah. um so you you mentioned this record was uh recorded over a year ago were there parts of it where it was pre-lockdown and then working in into the pandemic how was the the recording process of the of this album and i know you worked with uh dan carey again of speedy wonderground ollie let's start with you and then if anyone else wants to add anything um yeah well the kind of most of the the album was written before um uh we even knew what coronavirus was so kind of all, all most of i reckon about 80 percent of the work was done kind of um kind of by late 2019 um and then um we went to a pub um in Chippenham where I grew up that was shut during lockdown um and just set up camp there and kind of fine-tuned some songs and wrote another song uh Peel Street um and yeah and then we just went on to to Dan's studio to record the whole thing. Um so yeah, it was kind of it was kind of a strange time to to record it, but um I don't think it fed too much into it it wasn't like a logistical nightmare for us. It it all kind of slotted into place, which was we were really fortunate um to be able to do. Um you cut out just for a second for me. Did you say you you wrote this record in a pub? <laughs> <laughs> um we we uh we, we wrote it um uh kind of over two years i reckon but um but we kind of went to this this pub to kind of hammer out the last ideas and and um tighten the screws so to speak i think but yeah some of it was written in a pub one one track was written in a pub nice it was probably <laughs> one of the most exciting times to be in a pub because they'd been shut for about four months. So the idea of going there to finish off the album was like very fun for us. Didn't have any <laughs> pints awesome. though, did we? <laughs> we had a few. Yeah, not many pints, I think, because a bit of a pan pandemic, there's um, yeah, no pubs open. So a lot of the beer had gone off, which allowed us to focus, I think, a little bit better than if there were free-flowing pints. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't restock the, the kegs, so all the beer was spoiled? Yeah, there was no one to drink it. Oh, no. So, yeah, I mean, it's only been recently that pubs in the UK have reopened. So um, it was nice going back to the Old Road Tavern in Chippenham um, and performing it to all the, all the crew there, Lindsay and everyone. Shouts out to them. Um, this time round, when we were performing there, they did have pints again. Yeah. There were plenty of those to be drunk. Good. You got to celebrate a little bit. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. um, so this record is so sonically ambitious. Did did having that sort of concentrated time during the pandemic affect the the sound of this record? Um, 
rather than how you envision it might have sounded otherwise in the in the before times? <laughs> well, it was kind of like a case of because we weren't able to see anyone. It was kind of I think the longest we'd gone without seeing one another since we'd become friends. So we were kind of having to teach ourselves ways of writing and focusing, using the internet a lot more as a tool, using software as as tools to write. Um, so we kind of developed a way of writing that was quite new to us, which was to come up with an idea, send it on, let that snowball, add another idea on again. Um, and it was, and it worked, it wasn't ideal. Um, but it did mean that when we finally got to see each other again in Chippenham, we were we'd kind of been using, I think, hopefully using the time to the best of um, our ability. I think we just really missed one another. So when we met up and wrote Peel Street, we had quite a lot of things that we wanted to say, and I think that track was quite a quite a loud one because it was a bit of a release to see one another again. Yeah, speaking of. Peel Street, that is the first song on the live performance video that you recorded for us, which is so amazing. I cannot wait for everyone to see it. So I want to get into the first couple songs of this. Um, speaking of Peel Street, uh, you mentioned that was the first song where you got to get back together and it was really fun to record. Um, what else is that song about? What are the the lyrics about? Um, they're about a, an author called um, Anna Kavan. Um she wrote a book called Ice, and um, it's uh, it's like um, it's quite ex- an experimental book in the way that it's written. There's no kind of character names, and it jumps from um, kind of like strange place to strange place. So you're like in a. She writes about a, a big ice shelf coming to destroy the world, and then on the next page, you're in like medieval Spain killing a dragon or something. <laughs> so it's like, wow. but she's, she had a really interesting life and um, sometimes her kind of um, personal life overshadows her um, uh, kind of ability as a, as a writer. And I thought it's kind of like a, like an ode to how amazing of a writer she is rather than, you know, her, her personal life that people tend to focus on a bit more sometimes. But yeah, she's great. Cool. That's a great recommendation. I need to read that. This is Peel Street from Squid live on KXP at home, and then we'll hear the song GSK afterwards. I'm DJ Morgan speaking to Squid. It is live on KXP at home.
sun sets on the Glaxo climb. live on KXP at home. That was the song GSK from the new album, Bright Green Field, that just came out in May. Before that, you heard the song Peel Street. Oh, man, that performance is so good. Where did you all record that video? Lori, where was that? Uh, it was at a local community cinema called the Cube Microplex that um, some good friends of ours volunteered there. Uh, it's, it's such a lovely place. It's kind of like, yeah somewhere you can go and watch quite like interesting performances gigs um uh, cinema yeah like all genres of cinema um and go on your own and find some new friends for you yeah it's good good place um we recorded that yeah um with the help of uh crack magazine awesome that's a great performance. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'd love to hear more about the song GSK. Is that GlaxoSmithKline? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of um, one of many 
kind of accidental references to the to the ongoing pandemic um, is in no way written about um you know pharmaceutical companies it's kind of um it's just the building it just is very striking um when you're going over the the Hammersmith flyover into London it's quite monolithic and oppressive and um and uh, we've focused on quite a lot of oppressive things for for this record so it set the tone for for the whole record I think it was the track that clicked everything into place for us I think yeah it truly does set the tone for the record um you all sound so in sync when you're playing together and you have so much instrumentation and layering um I'm just curious how long have you all been playing together and I'd love to hear about how you met and and how the the sound of squid sort of evolved Anton and Arthur you want to start Sure. Um, we started playing music together about what, five or seven years ago or something or something like that. Um, <clears throat> we were all friends at university in Brighton and uh, we, we never really imagined that we'd be able to play music together full time. It was just something that we did in our bedrooms and... Um, you know, uh, in small rehearsal rooms, if we could, uh, find the cash together to do that. Um, and just kind of, yeah, kept getting weirder and weirder. And now we're doing stuff like this, which is quite fun. Um, uh, so yeah, I, th I think we've never really had like a set goal in mind. Uh, and because of that, we've allowed our music to change as much as we felt it needed to and not really worried about doing one thing because we did one thing before or uh and i think we're still kind of thinking that way to a degree as well which is really which makes everything really good fun i think yeah cool i'm curious what your um what all of your background in uh music is did you all grow up playing instruments Lori? Did you, what was your start playing music? Uh, probably I've got my dad to thank for a lot of, a lot of my musical upbringing. He, um, used to run, uh, improvisatory sessions when I was growing up in Huddersfield called Dangerous Volume, where you'd, um, you'd play any instrument you wanted and you'd play a melody and you'd kind of just wait for other people to join in with another melody and, uh, the session, the improvisatory session was often called goat music. And we had this kind of bizarre way of when you'd finished the improvisation, you described what type of goat the music sounded like. <laughs> wow. I love that. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was one of the ways where I probably learned how to listen to I people. don't think I know any different types of goat. Let yeah, alone it, I mean, you know, but it's like, you know, you say surrealist goat or you say... Um, Mount, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. Oh, pharmaceutical yeah. goat, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> course um, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe five or six years of knowing you and this has slipped. Yeah, yeah. All of us I, I don't usually say that. I just thought it kind of came to my mind. But I, to be honest, I think they, they were probably like one of the first first like kind of the youngest experiences of where I just sat and listened to other mm. musicians for like hours at a time and I think that's probably where I learned to listen to people properly musically yeah 
I'm sure that improv was really valuable for what you're doing now, too. I feel like you can mm. hear that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Louis, what's your background in music? Um, well, yeah, as Anton was saying, we, we studied together. We were studying music together. But I suppose, yeah, the same, really. Just got my mum and dad to thank. They've always had a good record collection. My dad happens to be left-handed as well, so I had a guitar to play. Um, but, yeah, just just listening lots, having friends and family that are into music. Um, that's, that's everything, really. Cool. Ollie, what about you? Um, yeah, again, well, I've got my parents to thank for their... Uh, their impeccable taste in music, um, bringing me up on that. But um, for for my teaching, I've got uh, the video game Rock Band to thank. Nice. Um, <laughs> when they uh, released that with the, the drum kit that mm-hmm. you could play. That's kind of how I learned to play drums. Did you... Um, so it's really like I... <laughs> did, you have so the drum, did you have the drum kit as well? Yeah, it looks like a kind of like 80s, like MIDI kind of thing. It's got like oh, four sick. pads, but it also has like a kick pedal. So mm. I recommend anyone who wants to learn to play the drums get Rock Band. Cause Do you still have it, Ollie? No, I don't. I really want to try and oh. get it back so we can use it as a, a sample. As a MIDI a, controller, yeah. a sample yeah. trigger. It's just thinking that would be fun. And we can play Sweet Home Alabama on it as well, which would be <laughs> quite nice. God, something to look forward to. <laughs> Yeah, only Skinner covers. That's kind of genius, actually, because, you know, a lot of parents don't want their kids to have a drum kit in the house because it's super Mm. loud. So, you know, rock band, maybe not so great for learning real guitar because pushing buttons is not the same as playing the strings. But in the case of drums, that's actually that's a great point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There was a big debate when it came out, when Guitar Hero started coming out and people were saying, but it doesn't actually teach you guitar. And then rock band came out with a drum kit. It's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur, what's your background? Um, yeah, I guess like ever since I've been tiny, I've always just liked listening and enjoying like absolutely like just anything that moves you musically. And luckily, like I feel like the being in London, like my whole life has been just such a just a rich like tapestry of like um experiences from clubs to venues and uh all sorts of scenes that just float past me and I think it's oh this is just normal but I think looking back I was so lucky to go to so many of those shows and um events like that just I feel yeah we've been so since especially since we've been so like starved of them over the over the past like, year and a half like I feel like it's such an important part of my daily life my, my my life is just going to see moving live music like and in, in all sorts of venues and i think that's been my, my main thing you know just looking at the stage and being like you know i want to be there and it's just i think so many people get that when they see the see bands yeah did any does anybody else save their ticket stubs from shows you've been to and like look back through them and <laughs> oh god memories. that's my shockers yeah. <laughs> yeah my childhood bedroom still got a, a a little print in and i've just over the years tucked in lots of um lots of festival tickets and also lots of gig tickets and 
there's quite a lot of gigs that I've been to that I wouldn't want to go to again, I think. Got kicked out of Bring Me the Horizon for <laughs> stage diving as well <laughs> in like 2009. So I wouldn't go back to that, but there have been some good ones. It seems like such a benign thing to get kicked out for. Like, aren't you supposed know, to stage dive at shows? That's the O2 Academy for you. Fair enough. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Speaking of live music, I know you said uh, you got to play a festival, but have you been playing many other shows since um, lockdowns sort of loosened up? Yeah, we did that. Uh, we did a we did a, a tour like um, around the UK with all of our with all of us and our managers and uh, and uh, Max Gold, our sound engineer, and like we played loads of seated venues. Um, we called it field works because we wanted to test lots of new material. That was great. That was amazing. Um, uh, just like every, all the audiences, new ex- like experiences, like getting back into gigging again. It was so brilliant. Um, like even to sat down crowds, you know, it's just just pretty amazing. Um, and that that was our last kind of tour, really. That's been our big thing in the last year. We we're hoping, you know, going tour again in September and doing more stuff soon like we've got lots booked in and you know can't wait to get and do it again um but that was the big thing we were planning for fieldworks and yeah, it went really well awesome we can't wait till you're here in seattle in november saw that date at the crocodile we're very excited for you to yeah, come man. so excited it's gonna be so good yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of freaking us out that the whole tour's sold out it's just insane can't believe mm. it that's so awesome. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> it's a testament to the amazing music you make. <laughs> Speaking of which, really uh, let's get into... What's that? Sorry? Oh, no, I was being sorry. I shouldn't have spoken over you. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. All good. <laughs> I'd love to get into a couple more songs from the live performance video. We're going to hear um, Global Groove next and then 2010. Before we get into it, um, Ollie, what's global groove about the the lyrics in it um are very striking the watch your favorite war on tv just before you go to sleep like i i feel like there's 9-11 vibes here and it just yeah it's bringing up bringing up a lot of memories where where, where, what were you thinking about when you were writing that um it's kind of inspired by um an exhibition i went to at the tate in london by um this guy called nam june paik and he had um he did a collaborative piece, uh, a video installation called Global Groove. And um, there was like loads of shots of, of New York in it um, with like all these uh, dancers in leotards doing these creepy dances. And um, yeah, it kind of just made me think about, um, you know, when 9-11 happened and it's such a strange strange time and we were we were all like six or seven when it happened and um trying to like process something like that when you're so young is um like looking back on it quite a quite an affecting um experience um because you know I didn't really understand the gravity of of the situation um and it all just because it was so televised it kind of felt like a like a uh, like a reality TV show or like a video game or something. Um, so yeah, just kind of those two things brought on the lyrics and ended up being very dark and depressing. 
<laughs> I mean, that's kind of the world our generation has grown up in, huh? Yeah, exactly. I was, uh, I was 14, yeah, when 9-11 happened. I was in ninth grade. I remember my mom's boyfriend at the time calling me first thing in the morning because it was like, you know, I'm on the, on the West Coast, so it was three hours early mm. um, than on the East Coast. So he called me like 7.30 in the morning before school, and I was like, why is he calling me? And he's like, turn on the TV. It was such a bizarre time, yeah. And yeah. then having all the planes grounded for a couple weeks and then having to hear them again, oy, yeah. Yeah, pretty horrible. That's a cr crazy time. Mm. So this is the song Global Groove from Squid. It is live on KEXP at home. There's tide light crew round my hips, send a sweat, band the fits round my head. We're still dancing.
It's Squid live on KXP at home. I'm DJ Morgan from KXP. Speaking to Squid, you just heard uh, 2010 and before that Global Groove, both from the new album Bright Green Field that came out this past May. Uh, what is the song 2010 about? Um, it's really about the kind of changing face of the environment that you live in as you kind of grow up in it and see elements of it change and become ever increasingly commercialized. Um, but it's also really, I guess, a, a question for Anton because we wrote the lyrics for this song kind of separate to one another and we wanted to write in a way in which we thought about the words kind of instrumentally and how they sit on the line. Um, it kind of just happened to be that the themes that we were talking about had a lot in common, but one really thinking about our relationship with humans and also our relationship with animals, um, the two kind of themes that pop up across the whole of the album, really. Yeah, that's interesting. I was going to ask you about the the sort of dueling lyrics. So you you kind of wrote them separately and then came together and realized you were sort of talking about similar similar things. Yeah, uh, not necessarily that we're talking about the same things. It's just that, that we'd notice kind of similar sentiments shared within those themes, and we ended up uh, some of the language used for both things ended up being um, really appropriate. Um, so it was kind of quite an interesting process uh, and one we hadn't really explored lyrically before. Um, uh, it's kind of, it's interesting to think about music um, in that way, in the sense that one song doesn't have to be about one thing all the time. It's, it's kind of funny that we always feel like we have to put, you know, kind of um, something in a bubble and say this song's about this and this song's about this and this song's about... Um, but actually what happened is, even though we kind of moved away from doing that, we ended up finding a lot of common ground. And um, yeah, so it was kind of interesting, interesting process. That's cool. It's really effective. I love I love the the dueling vocals on it. That's Thanks. super cool. Yeah. So I'm DJ Morgan from KXP speaking with Squid. There's one more song on this live performance video. Let's get into that now. The song Paddling. Ollie, uh, what is Paddling about before we get into that? Uh it's another one that I didn't write the lyrics for. It was oh. kind of, is mainly Anton and Louis again that wrote the lyrics for this, but yeah. Apologies, Anton and Louis, please. Um, this is a this is a song that's probably. I feel again. I feel like a similar question as before. There's, we're talking about different things again, which seems to be a running theme with, <laughs> with me and Anton when it comes to writing music. But um, it started with a specific scene from Wind in the Willow. Is right, Anton? Hmm. Um, yeah, but. It kind of became, I suppose, a a track as well about that feeling of, again, being in a city and being the kind of world of people that you have often very little in common with um, passing by um, and the observation of toxic masculinity and, and self-obsession and 
and consumerism. But then again, that is also what Wind in the Willows is talking about with Toad, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. This is Paddling from Squid from the new album, Bright Green Field, live on KXP at home.
It's Squid Live on KEXP at home. I'm DJ Morgan from KEXP. That was the song Paddling from the new album, Bright Green Field. You all, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Thank you so much for that amazing performance. This has been so great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for thank having you. us. Yeah, and we will see you in November when you're here at the Crocodile. Yes. See <laughs> you in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And thank you to all of you for watching today. Make sure to subscribe to the KXP YouTube channel where you can find all of these sessions and much more on our website, kexp.org. And thank you again so much for supporting independent listener-powered KEXP. It is live on KXP at home. Discover new music at listenerpoweredkexp.org.